Welcome to the Domestic Supply Chain Summit. Today, we are joined by David Stone, Senior Director of Customer Logistics. Welcome to the summit, David. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm really excited. I mean, we're going to learn all about how other people are handling their supply chain. And it's just a nice time for everyone to get together and, you know, kind of learn from each other. So that being said, we got to educate the people. Uh, so in regards to the RFP process, what are you seeing in the market today kind of as it relates to the overall RFP process and structure? Um, is the current market changing how RFPs are occurring? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. And it's one that we talk with a lot of shippers about. So, you know, the one caveat to this whole piece is, is I'm, a, I'm a carrier. So I see it from the carrier side of things. Uh, but we deal with a lot of shippers. And so we get to see a lot of different strategies. And I think that's, uh, that's an interesting piece, right? Um, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's no secret to it. The RFP process in the market is different every shipper you go to. Um, but I think in, in terms of, you know, what are we seeing in the market? I think, you know, at the end of the day, the macro point of view in terms of why you're running an RFP still remain. I mean, people, shippers want really kind of four big items. Um, you know, cost is definitely a piece of that. And that's probably why a lot of folks do the RFP. But, you know, there's service components to it. There's visibility components to it. There's acceptance to it. Um, I tell people all the time that, you know, one of the things on running an RFP for a shipper is you should know that that lane that you just ran an RFP on is taken care of. No questions asked, right? And so I think I think those items still remain for a lot of shippers. I think the biggest thing, though, that we're starting to see inside this market is because there are so many carriers and brokerages calling these shippers, um, these shippers can kind of play the game at their pace. Um, and one of the things that uh, you know we typically talk about often is the RFP season kicks into high gear come Q1 of this next year. Well, in order to even participate in that, you're seeing a lot of shippers today that say, prove it. You call me every day and tell me your service is great, prove it. Um, and so that's one of the things that uh, definitely is a change where we now have to participate in the spot market. And we hey, our participation is not just a simple couple bids. It is a full-on strategy to try to win lanes and try to win bids inside of a uh, inside of a spot market before a shipper will even let us touch their RFP. And so I think I think that's a pretty big change in terms of what we've seen in the past. Typically, it's you know you you get into the RFP and then you ask to get into the spot. Now you're kind of seeing that flip flop over to prove your service levels before we'll let you even touch the RFP. It's kind of like, wow, the workforce has transitioned into, or certain aspects of the workforce has transitioned into, you know, we're going to start you as a contractor. And if we like you, we'll hire you on full time. Whereas this is, you know, we'll try you out. It's like a trial period because, you know, you don't want to just jump into a partnership with a shipper or a carrier. That's not a good partner. That's not a good fit for you. So it's, it's nice, but also it's very different that it's now, no, you'll start in the spot market and then move to contracted rates because I mean, that's not typically like that so it's just a nice i don't know if it's nice but it's it's different it's different yeah yeah i think i think that's a good word and i you know traditionally a lot of shippers have kind of had their buckets right their incumbents are always their big bucket and you know that's where the word partnership does get thrown out and then you kind of have some of these folks that that are newcomers into that maybe it's their first time winning a lane or winning a couple lanes and they don't give a lot of freight to them right and then there's always been kind of this tail that kind of sits out there where, okay, we'll, we'll bring somebody in, we'll, we'll see what they got. Um, but because the market, and, and typically that we'll see what they got lasts for a year and they go, oh my gosh, I don't like these guys. Like they never show up. They never hit their prime tender acceptance. Uh, their service is awful. Um, and so they wait this entire year. And I think shippers have wised up and they say, we, we don't need to do that anymore. We can play the game with that tail today 
in the market. We can test them today. We'll find out very quickly if their service is what they say it is. And then guess what? When we do the RFP, we got the best of the best. And so now it is a matter of driving kind of those other three components, right? Hey, when, when you guys were in the spot market, your visibility was this. We need it to be this. Or, hey, your cost was here. Here's where we kind of need to get to from a cost piece. And then the partnership happens, right? So I think, you know, I think shippers are, are wising up that there are so many carriers and brokerages out there that they can really pick and choose what they want, especially because the volume is down across the board, that it is really a shipper's game today. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's fun to be in that environment because all of us call with the same message, right? Hey, my service is through the roof. I have, you know, 99% acceptance on everything I take. And oh, by the way, I'm going to be, you know, 99% on time on pickup and delivery. And, and you really find out who's, who's truthful or not. And I think the other side of it is you find out very quickly which carriers can actually support in certain markets because we all turn around and bid on every single lane and say we're the best and we have, you know, thousands of trucks on, on call today, but you find out very quickly which ones are actually legit and which ones aren't. Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of been the standard bid process for forever is, oh, yeah, we have a bunch of trucks, bunch of trucks, no worries at all. Um, but from a carrier perspective, uh, I know that as we are kind of being gearing up to really launch a bunch of bids and, you know, put put that relationship and everything to the test. Uh, from a carrier perspective, what does a good RFP process look like? How do you know if you truly have a partnership with a carrier during an RFP? Um, is it something as simple as like data sets and pictures of freight? Like what are things that you look for that when you're a carrier, you get this bid packet and you're like, whew, A plus 10 out of 10, I'm bidding on this. We're going to give them our best pricing. Yeah, I, I think you hit on the, the big point on that, which is the data has to be accurate. I mean, data wins in every sense of the word. And I think the, the ones that carriers get frustrated on are the ones where the forecasting isn't correct, or the data set isn't complete, um, or there's a ton of questions related to what the data set is, right? You get into the bid package and you have some questions, and the more questions you ask, all of a sudden there's more information that starts to come out. Now, all of a sudden, it's not necessarily what you thought it was. Um, and I think that the classic one uh, that we're seeing a lot of right now is just based on cargo insurance, right? So you get in and you think it's traditional $100,000 worth of cargo insurance is required. And all of a sudden, the, the, the shipper comes back and says, it's not actually $100,000, it, it's $200,000 or it's two fifty. dollars Well, that changes the game and that changes the bid process on that piece, right? So I think that those are the questions that, that typically come up and frustrate the carrier. So data has to be accurate. I think that's the biggest way to, um, to kind of know if you're, you're putting out the right information. Um, and I think the secondary piece to that is feedback has to be accurate as well. And the feedback has to be something that is pushed out um, in a meaningful manner, right? Because the traditional RFP process is you go in through round, round one, everybody's rates are high, carrier comes back and says, nope, you need to lower your rates. Or the shipper comes back and says, you need to lower the rates, you lower the rates, you know, some percentage, you send it back. Um, but the partnership really doesn't exist in that piece. Everybody's just fighting to the bottom, right? It's a race to the bottom. And you hope that you're the last one standing, uh, knowing that the shipper probably isn't going to award the, the lowest cost provider. Um, and so it's this, this constant battle between this piece. And the way in which I talk about it with my shippers is, hey, like we want to be an extension of the supply chain for you. I, our job is to support you and kind of what you're doing. You want that trust, that peace of mind. But the only way that that happens is provide me with accurate information in terms of what you're forecasting next year. If it's a decrease in lanes, great. At least we know that so that we can actually go out and find the right carriers to do that job. I think that's the biggest thing. I think the second thing to that, oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just gonna say, I mean, from the 3PL side, like you also have people who are scared to talk to their shippers to get all that information. They're just like, oh, we'll just assume it. Like, no, assuming information, you're working for your shipper. Like you should not be scared to ask your shippers questions about their own freight profile. Like just have all of the information that you need or have as much information as you can give your carriers. Because if you give carriers only half the picture, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a bit, you're not going to get pricing back that's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a classic piece, right? So like there's two sides to that because in a traditional brokerage model, oftentimes, you know, the quote unquote win is, Hey, I got an RFP opportunity. Well, if it's, if it's just an RFP opportunity, it doesn't really solve for what you want to go off and do, which is to build that relationship with that shipper. And then the other side of it is if you are scared to talk to your shipper, then the relationship really doesn't exist on that piece. Um, and so really, what are you bidding on? You're bidding on lowest cost. Well, lowest cost doesn't win at all times, um, which is why I think shippers are wising up too, because they know that awarding the lowest cost is in fact resulting in bad service levels or bad visibility or bad acceptance, right? Um, so I think those are the ways in which really you build out this bid package that allows the carrier and the shipper to build that relationship. But it really has to be that two-way street between both parties. Um, and, and it has to be upfront, right? Whether it's round one or round two, it can't just be at round three when you're having these conversations. Oh, absolutely. I feel like the most people are like so scared to be upfront and honest with each other. And it's like, no, don't be scared. Just, just let it go. Like, let it just be upfront and honest with people. It's going to get you farther in the long run. Um, I, I feel like there's a frozen reference to that. Uh, maybe we can play the frozen song over the top of that. <laughs> let it go. That's it. Uh, <laughs> But from a carrier perspective, when you participate in RFPs, we've touched on it a little bit. Um, how do you think like a good technology RFP platform or like other technological improvements could help or hurt the process? Because I know right now most of it is here's a PDF with a bunch of like bid guidelines and here's a Excel sheet. Have fun. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it goes it goes to the old adage, right? Technology is only as good as as the user behind it, right? So you know, I can have a platform that is perfect in every way, has the greatest visuals, has everything that I need. But if there's no conversation that occurs in terms of what those things need that are in uh, meet uh, inside of, uh, of that, um, that information, then it doesn't really help me. So it goes back to let's talk with the shipper, let's talk with the carrier. Hey, when I read this, this is what I think it means. Is this what you're implying it means? Does this apply for the entire bid package? Or is there something else associated with it? So I think it, it, it always boils back to the technology can help, but it can only help if you're willing to have conversations about the information that's inside of that. And then I think this, the secondary component to that, right, is really the technology should allow for efficiency, right? So I should be able to put my bid in. I should be able to find feedback. I should be able to have conversations related to if I'm coming down on certain lanes or certain rates uh, in any regard. And then the back end of that is, how do I accept that award? And how does that award filter into my TMS? And does it allow me to quickly understand what my contractual lanes are, what my contractual rates are? Um, and how do I kind of go off and execute that? So it's that it's a really back end that we look at a lot of times with a shipper. I mean, they can use any platform out there. Um, really, it matters on the feedback mechanism and on the actual execution of the information that comes out of that RFP. It's going to be crucial for us in terms of whether we quote unquote, like a platform or not. So basically, it's more than just I'm going to use this as like my data analysis or my analysis tool. And it'd be nice if you could input all your data in here for me. So I don't have to as a shipper. But if I'm still emailing you over stuff, or if I'm still sending you a package, or if I'm still sending you tenders over via EDI, like, then that's not necessarily the best technology to use. <laughs> no, not 
Not at all, right? Because typically what happens in this environment, right, is they have a, you know, a really nice platform and it's a really nice kind of bid process. And then what happens is an Excel data table comes over and it says, here you go, you're awarded this, have fun. And then you struggle on the actual execution of it because you're like, uh, where, where am I? How, how do I upload this? And so it just, it, it almost provides a negative experience for the account executive or the associate on the floor that has to deal with that. You know, the senior leadership is, is high five and hey, we won some lanes and the account executive is struggling just to be able to understand what lanes they want and what the rate is that they want on those lanes. Exactly. It's, they kind of need something clear cut. That's not just like, I have to now manually type in a hundred loads. That's not what I signed up for. I would not have bid on this. So uh, I we're nearing towards the end, but I want a hot freight opinion from you. So uh, there's been a lot of talk of mini bids, like quarterly bids uh, over the year-long traditional bid. Uh, do you think that year-long bids are dead? Do you think there's a world where mini bids and, lo- and long-term bids exist together? What's your what's your freight What's your hot freight opinion on that? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, I, I, I think we're actually living in that world right now, because I think you're seeing a lot of shippers that really, I mean, kind of the stuff that we talked about where they have a 1000 of carriers and brokers calling them every single day for their freight. And so they can kind of do what they want to do in this environment. Um, I think there's still a lot of reservation in terms of what's going to happen next year. No one knows. Everybody's guessing. Uh, I mean, everybody that says they know, they don't. Um, So we're all guessing in terms of what's going to happen. You know, the federal government and the macroeconomics behind this, um, all of those things do matter. Um, I think there's probably a lag time in terms of when they make decisions to when we see it, right? So there's probably a, call it a six month gap. So that puts us into middle of next year when we potentially see the true impact of that. And I think shippers recognize that too. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, Shipper still wants those four major items every single time, right? They want their freight picked up. They want to know where it's at. They want a low cost. Um, they, they want that service piece, right? All of those things that, uh, that we've talked about still matter. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if they have an opportunity to potentially lower their cost, they're going to take that. And so I think what you're seeing in the market today is still the RFP process of call it a year-long um, kickoff uh, happens right now. Um, and it goes for all of next year. But you're seeing shippers now turn around and say, hey, if we have overflow freight that is not inside of this RFP, if we, if we all of a sudden get more volume than we thought, are you guys willing to do a quarterly bid on that volume? Just that volume. Um, and I, I think you're seeing shippers you know, come through with that. Now, there's good and bad with that because what a broker or a carrier will do is they'll bid on that quarterly rate uh, or that quarterly uh, bid. They'll have a different rate than is inside of the actual RFP. And now the shipper turns around and says, whoa, 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 what are you you guys doing? Like, why are you guys doing this? So I think there's kind of this, uh, you know, this cat and mouse game that's occurring between shipper and carriers and brokers right now in terms of that. Um, But I do think the kind of 18 to 24 month long RFPs, I think a lot of those are going by the wayside. And truthfully, I think carriers are more uh, acceptant to play in the spot market, even with the big shippers that typically will demand that and require that. I think they're more willing to play in that spot market and take their chances today, knowing that a lot of that RFP freight is probably going to show up on the spot market anyway, than to turn around and sign up for 18 to 24, just based on some of the macroeconomic uh, pieces that are happening in the market today. Oh, 100%. I think that it's kind of been trending that way even before everything happened before the pandemic. And I think it's just going to continue that way. I feel like everyone's in a perpetual state of hurry up and wait to see what happens in 2023. 
<laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Well, hey, you know what? We all became super good forecasters, though, because I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen in 2023. Just ask me. Um, but I, I think I think that's one of the things that's, uh, I mean, classic carrier broker type mentality. Like, I know I know the world and I know how it's going to work. Um, but, you know, we're, we're all still guessing and waiting and seeing what happens next year. I love it. I love it. You guys heard it here first. Hurry up and wait for 2023. Thank you so much, David, for joining us today for the Domestic Supply Chain Summit. Uh, Stick around. You're not going to want to miss everything else that we have scheduled today. Perfect. Thanks, guys.